P-U-X world. P-U-X world. P-U-X world. Branding with the big faces. I love listening to it. Kane Sims. Kane Sims. Kane Sims, the one and only. Britain's finest, Mr. Kane Sims. Dustin. Dustin. Dustin Coates. I like it when you guys are together and talking about voice. Without further ado, welcome to the show. Alrighty, alright, alright. Hello, hello, hello. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome to VUX World, the voice and conversational AI podcast where we find the brightest brains in the industry and pick their brains about how they do what they do so that you can do what you do better, whether you are building conversational applications, whether you're working within innovation or strategy teams trying to put this stuff to work to get results, whether you're engineers, designers, developers, whatever your kind of role, if you've got any interest in how to actually implement conversational AI properly, then this is the place to be. I am absolutely delighted today to welcome a guest from a company who is uh, incredibly active in the conversational AI space, as all kind of similar companies are and have been over the last three years. Uh, but a company that I'm definitely interested in hearing from because uh, they made a recent acquisition of Bold360 recently, Genesis, and uh, definitely taking this stuff seriously. So I am delighted to welcome Elsonora Martinez of Genesis. Welcome. Hello, Kane. Happy to be here. Thanks for having it's, me. It's a pleasure. Absolute pleasure to have you along. And as I was saying, Genesis, um, for those who are not aware, I'll let you kind of introduce them a, a little bit more uh, properly, I would say. <laughs> but uh, but for anyone who isn't aware, Genesis obviously is one of the huge contact center uh, and cloud platform providers in that kind of CX space and has obviously had a keen interest in conversational AI that we've seen over the last number of years. Um, you deal with however many millions of, of human to human conversations every year. So it's only natural that this stuff would uh, would not only just become on the radar, but be a, a core focus for a company like Genesis. But I'm wondering whether whether you can explain a little bit more about uh, about Genesis, uh, about for those that are not from that kind of that kind of world, a little bit more about Genesis and a little bit more about you specifically and, 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 and what you do there. Yeah, absolutely. So as you said, Genesis is a customer experience company, and we're very focused on looking at all of those conversations across voice, across digital, across conversational experiences, and underpinning that um, with artificial intelligence. So we've built a modern cloud platform that has the ability to leverage both our native technology and a very strong ecosystem of partners to allow you as customers to build um, a lot of these experiences for your end customers that you know meet them where they are. And as Kane was saying, we've recently acquired uh, Bold360, which we are incredibly excited about because it comes with a lot of incredible uh, live chat capabilities, a very robust knowledge platform, and just as importantly, a really great agent experience to support those agents as they are interacting with customers live. Um, so exciting times at Genesis. Yeah, and a bunch of a bunch of talent that. Uh has has managed to build what is and was um one of the kind of go-to chat sort of platforms you know and uh, so i don't know the details of what happened but i'm assuming some of those staff have been brought across as well yeah no absolutely a really really talented team has joined us so we're very excited about that 
Nice one. Nice one. And so you've moved roles recently. You were the VP of product management. You're now the VP of product marketing. What was it that you did do and what is it that you now do? <laughs> that, that is correct. Yeah. So in my current role, I'm the VP of product marketing for our cloud, our digital and our, our AI offerings. And I recently moved from product marketing, product management, where I was actually leading the AI team. And that includes our conversational platform. It includes some of our AI powered routing and some of our customer engagement um, capabilities as well. So I've, I'm now responsible for evangelizing all of the great work that um, my former team is, is building, but this is all still very near and dear to my heart. That's quite a nice switch that. Um, it's almost like, the the first part is he is he is us building stuff and because you've obviously got a unique understanding of it because you were involved in the building of it now going into the other side it's like hey look at all this cool stuff we've built <laughs> it's almost like uh it's almost like evangel it's like yeah it's evangelizing for for the work that you've just done which is quite because no one else really understands it quite as much as you do they yeah it's you know that this is why you need it and this is the benefits and in the in the on the product management side i've had the benefit um, not just in this role, but across a couple of different roles in my career to work on these innovation type of platforms, analytics, social media analytics and AI. And one of the things that I love about that intersection of innovation and business is introducing these new ideas, incubating them, developing, delivering them, and then working really closely with customers on the adoption of them, because a lot of this is about gaining traction and anything around AI and digital transformation requires um, a little bit of that white glove to drive that adoption. And so being a part of the development of this platform, working with customers at the research phase, developing an FVP, and then seeing exactly the kinds of benefits that are now being realized is really exciting. So I do now get to talk about that um, all the way through the process. Nice. It's interesting you mentioned there about driving adoption because um, Genesis obviously has lots of company, uh, clients, lots of customers. Um, and over the last sort of like three years, certainly with COVID, and I'm sure we'll get onto some of the trends you've seen because of COVID and the impact that's had and stuff like that. But in general, a lot of that kind of call center, customer service automation uh, space has been, everyone seems to be aware of conversational AI now. They all seem to be clambering for it. And so how much of a how much did you have to do to drive adoption? Because I imagine people were kind of just knocking on your door asking for it in the first place, were they? Absolutely. I mean, we've seen we've seen adoption of conversational platforms uh, you know, over the last two years, but certainly we've seen a major, major increase in what companies wanted to do when the pandemic first started. One of the major surprises in adoption for us was the government and state unemployment offices who immediately needed conversational platforms to be able to handle um, FAQs, knowledge, just some of those um, questions that would be a lot easier than, than being in a queue. And so examples like that were very reactionary to the beginning of the pandemic. Now that customers are very comfortable that we've seen 40% increase in these kinds of digital interactions, now companies are stepping back a little bit and now thinking about how to operationalize, how to extend the number of use cases, the kinds of um, the kinds of workflows that a conversational platform can facilitate, and that's the fascinating piece about adoption and how we've built the platform 
is in you can have some of these very quick wins around some specific needs in the business and then be able to scale to bring on more and more workflows that continue to support some of those digital interactions. And so it, it's been a very organic type of adoption and a amazing acceleration uh, in terms of the outcomes that, that some of these uh, types of deployments are driving. Interesting. One of the one of the things around typical product management, you kind of got me thinking there when when you know you're you're saying that customers will start using it and they'll start exploring other use cases. And part of that obviously is the whole kind of like crawl, walk, run concept where you don't want to jump in the deep end and try and build something that's overly complex. Part of it also is that actually some customers really don't know what the capabilities of conversational AI systems are yet. Are they are they good enough to recognize addresses for argument's sake? Like, can we actually do these kind of use cases? And so there's a natural um, education that they will go through and then expand capabilities from there. But from a product management perspective, you're building the technology, you're building the capabilities to allow customers to implement this stuff. Usually product managers have a stream of feedback from customers about a whole array of features that they want. Whereas in a space where the customer really doesn't understand what the capabilities are in the first place, how have you actually gone about building out that that system, so to speak? Does that make sense? Yeah, it makes perfect sense. So let me just kind of tackle this in a couple of different ways. So when I first started um, working on uh, things like persona development, I, I would work with our design team and I would look at these very intricate, very specific descriptions of who the user is and what they're trying to achieve. And one of the things that struck me very early on is the fact that the one thing that you can account for when you're looking at a definition of a persona on paper is that a persona is constantly learning. And I think of Excel as the gold standard, right? I've, I've been in, in analytics for a good part of my career. And when you first start using Excel and how you know the suite of Office tools has been introduced is you start with a save, you start with a print, you start with you know a couple of buttons. And as you progress in your analytics journey, you start feeling a little bit more comfortable and exploring what is there on the menus. And the next thing you know, you're moving and you're you know working on macros and you didn't even realize what that progression was. Early on in my career, I just I, I recognize the beauty of being able to offer um, users simple, quick wins and, and allowing them to have that discoverability. And so as we now think about how to approach design thinking and how to have experiences and, and, and how we deliver product, having a design organization that is guiding you through that process has been so critical for us. And Genesis has made a significant investment in a design thinking practice. So what that means is that we're working hand in hand with our designers who are looking and thinking about the complexity of building an entire conversational platform and mirroring that experience. So starting with a simple FAQ, building on to transaction bots, building up to um, fulfillment bots and having this be part of the entire end-to-end -end customer experience. And so that whole process and the usability that we afford the bot authors, the business users that are building it is absolutely fascinating, but extremely critical to do right in a product management design and delivery type of process. 
that kind of makes sense is where you were going with that discoverability. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. So it sounds as though you kind of almost taken the same approach to building out the platform as your customers are currently taking to using the platform, starting out with something relatively straightforward, building out capabilities into more advanced situations, and then just iterating and incrementally adding on until you've got something that should cover 90% of what, what most customers need. Yes, but I'll expand on that a little bit because it's, you know, we're, we're, we're meeting customers where they are in terms of what they want to do in their conversational AI deployments. And that's absolutely true. But there's an element of also not making it so extremely complex that a business user can't get started. So I think that's what I, you know, I want this uh, takeaway to be is you can be a business user and you can still get started with a conversational AI platform or you can be a bot author responsible for an enterprise type of deployment and our conversational AI tools will still support that. And that discoverability element is there. Mm. So it's twofold. Mm. That makes sense. That makes sense. And a lot of, I know that we're, we're probably getting into a bit of technicalities now. We'll, we'll maybe there's one last question on this platform and then we'll, we'll, we'll move on because I've got another few questions, but the, um, I lost my train of thought there, funnily enough. Oh yeah. So, <laughs> so there's there's different approaches that other platforms have to creating capabilities to allow customers to build conversational applications. One approach is that you build something from the ground up. You know, Bold three sixty, for example, built that NLU from the ground up. You've got companies like. Uh, uh, speakeasy that have built the speech recognition from the ground up and the NLU. You've got other companies who have like a hybrid sort of approach, like a Cognigy for argument's sake, or a Boost, where they do have their own NLU, but they'll use another speech recognition provider to do the speech to text, or and you can plug in a different NLU at the same time. Uh, then you've got ones who are just purely kind of open, so you know a Tineo for argument's sake, or or a Zamo, which is all built on top of Microsoft. Which direction did you go with Genesis, with the Genesis platform? It's a tricky question. Um, it's a little bit of all of the above, but let me be more specific in, in my answer. So one of the things you heard me say in the intro is Genesis is a modern cloud architecture. And one of the tenets of that is to have this open ecosystem. And so when we think about our conversational AI platform, we have obviously built our native um, a conversational platform called Dialogue Engine Botflows, and it is completely integrated end-to-end -to, -end to our customer experience platform in Genesis Cloud. We are also now, and that, that has elements of native capabilities that we've built, and we partner with Google, we partner with Microsoft on some of the NLU, on some of the text-to-speech elements. So what you have is a technical foundation um, that is supporting the, these platforms, which are, again, like I said, natively built. In addition to that, we also really think about a conversational as as a as an ecosystem, and we have these bot orchestration capabilities. So what that allows us to do is work with investment that companies have already made in a Google Dialogflow, for example, or Amazon Lex. And so we have the ability to have this bot orchestration that can do bot to bot type of orchestration that can work with our native platform and our third party platforms. And so you see them, you see the platforms working together and you see some of the technology, the technical elements powering what we do. 
Um, Bold is an example of that. So live chat capabilities are going to leverage the native NOU that Bold has built. And that also becomes part of our um, whole bot orchestration capabilities. And so the, the takeaway from that is we never want to limit what customers are currently using, understanding that they may be certain industry requirements or certain specific use cases of why they've made investments in a certain platform. So that can certainly be leveraged. If you have made in investments with Google or AWS, we can work with that. And if you're looking to get started with something that is end-to-end -end integrated into a single platform, then Dialog Engine Botflows is the answer. So there's a lot of flexibility in how we think of our conversational AI. Mm, interesting. I like that. What, what's your um, What's your observations on the maturity of the market as far as customers are concerned look are you having i'm assuming it's going to you're going to, your answer is probably going to be a mixture of everything but in terms of broadly speaking your assessment of kind of maturity understanding skill sets of conversation applications that you're seeing your customers have i'm assuming some of them are going to have teams and they've been doing it for a while and they know exactly how to get started others are probably a little bit further behind maybe just not really sure what they're doing, but generally speaking, if you could summarize the market from what you're observing over the last, uh, you know, two years or so of actually working on the product and speaking to customers about the product itself, and then also now that you're kind of evangelizing for the product itself, you're meeting a lot of customers as well. What's your assessment of market maturity as far as kind of understanding, education, you know, skill sets, capabilities that your customers have for deploying conversational AI? We're definitely seeing that we're nearing a tipping point in terms of the skills in companies um, between what were pure, previously just voice um, and are now more digital and, and therefore the requirements and the skills to be able to support a conversational platform like that. Um, we do see business users that are building some, you know, simple type of chat workflows, um, but more and more we are starting to see some very advanced, you know, very sophisticated type of bot authors that are looking at this orchestration. And so, as I said, you know, the, the digital transformation is definitely making it so that we are nearing that tipping point in, in, in the um, these being skills in most of the companies that we talk to. And it also depends. It also depends on some of the use cases, right? I think it becomes more more um, use case specific. So, the use cases around you start seeing with bots like make appointments, update information, request information on the product. So FAQs, knowledge specifically, those are the types of bots that you can have a business user leverage a knowledge platform and quickly make available. Then you move up to a couple of more complicated where. Um, your troubleshooting, billing issues, technical issues, product uh, replacement returns, you might start that in a self-service environment and the complexity of it requires escalating to speaking to a live agent or you know, either a live chat or speaking to an agent. And so those kinds of instances where you know there may be some human assistance required um, are usually where we see the more sophisticated bot authors lean in. Mm, interesting. It does feel a little bit as though even even if it's not from a capability and skill sets perspective or an education perspective, I think that ambition has grown. I mean, 
some of those we, we worked with a client recently who were pretty much their approach we, you know we're, we're concurring what with what everything you've you've been saying as far as you know crawl before you walk walk before you run all that kind of stuff um but recently uh we worked with a company who was like well if we can't do this use case then there's no point because this is really really important and all this other stuff doesn't amount to anything volume wise or anything like that as, as, as much as this thing. And so really what we want to do is to figure out whether this is possible. Not like let's do it and pull a trigger, just let's let's see whether this is possible to do. Um, so are you observing that that's the case also, that you've got customers who are coming to you with fairly high ambitions or is everybody just kind of getting started? Like how are you observing the the ambition of what clients are trying to achieve? The ambitions coming in are definitely high. I will say that. Um, we recently completed um, a, a great study, the, the connected customer experience is on our, our genesis.com website. And it was a survey about 11,000 um, respondents. And I mean, some of the stats that came out of it, I mean, obviously we addressed, you know, what is happening around the connected experience for the pandemic, but one of the really interesting statistics that came out of it is 70% of consumers says that a company is only as good as its service. And so when companies see this, this is one of those metrics that's going to drive having the high expectations because you want to meet customers where they are. And the corresponding stat around that is that 39% of, of consumers say dealing with customer service is a hassle. And so in that balance of providing really exceptional good customer experience and offering some self-service tools, you have to find the balance around the quick wins. And that's why I was talking about some of the examples of where are the use cases where you can start simple, login, check the status of a claim, check my balance. And in those high expectations, really trying to manage where you have quick wins and how you bring your customers along on this journey as well. And it'll scale to those really high expectations and those complex problems that you were alluding to. Um, but again, if you, if you, I mean, that's a really powerful stat, right? Not, not really mm. a surprise to anyone, but 70% of consumers say a company is only as good as its service. So from a lens of a company, you have to be very focused on it. Mm. That's interesting. And all, uh, the, the line between product and service is getting blurred more and more as well, you know, like is Spotify a service or a product, you know? And so there's probably some instances where the service is the product and therefore it's even more paramount, you know? Um, but what's interesting there is um, you mentioned there that, what was it? 39% of people say that customer service is a hassle. And the thing around kind of AI and, and bots in general is that there's been a lot of bad deployments over the last five years, especially in the chat sort of world. Um, and so they've gotten a bit of a bad name. Every, every time I say something to like a family member or a friend, I work with conversational AI, what's that? Well, you know, you talk to Alexa, well, I kind of do that. Oh, you know, you know them chatbots and websites? Well, that's what, oh, there's a load of rubbish there. Oh, that never understands me. And so it's got, it's got a bit of a bad rap. And there's a danger there that if you do this stuff and you do it poorly, you're actually compounding that poor customer service effect. And so I think one of the areas that, that brands and companies and people who are brand new to this sort of space overlook a little bit is the importance of the, the design, the importance of the, the, the experience design of that conversation. Um, that there's been literally in the last couple of weeks, I've seen uh, demonstrations 
of bots from companies who you would think would have pretty talented designers and they have been very very poor very very bad um and so it's not it's not just a case of deploying it it's a case of deploying it yes finding the right use case yes start small if you want to yes but the experience has to be absolutely seamless I wonder if you've got any any thoughts or observations on how you're advising your customers from a conversation design and the importance of the customer experience perspective. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. So one, one of the core tenets of how we think about this, not on the conversational, not just on conversational AI, but really, you know, around Genesis is around leading with empathy. And in this particular case, when we talk about leading with empathy, we really talk about ensuring that our customers are feeling heard and understood, and we can meet them where they are to drive those particular outcomes, right? And there's a combination of elements in there around self-service and escalation to an agent. But the most important piece around what I said is the whole notion of heard and understood. And so with that, one of the pieces of technology that I'm really proud of is now available in the market is a feature we refer to as intent miner. And what it's doing, it's actually, you know, training a lot of these bot models to be able to understand the customer's intent so that we are getting it right the first time around, right? That we understand who you are. We, we use this notion of show me, you know me before you've ever met me. And in any interaction, just being greeted by your name and what you have to do is confirm the intent or the outcome that you're trying to drive already makes it for a much better experience than feeling like you're constantly having to repeat yourself. And so capabilities like intent minor capabilities like being able to understand who you are across a number of different channels go a long way in that heard, understood and ensuring that customers don't have to repeat themselves. And so that intent minor capability also allows us to put you as a customer on the right track with the right orchestration workloads so that we can drive to that right outcome. And so there's a lot of different touch points and a lot of different um, elements of that orchestration that we're looking at in the design process to ensure that we're looking at delivering that empathetic experience. But it starts with knowing who you are and the intent, the intent of your conversation and the outcome that you're trying to drive. Um, and what we find is that just those three elements make such a positive, positive impact in that conversation, that, that initial conversation. Interesting. Sounds like intent minor might be useful for not just on the front end, but also potentially on the on the back end for helping agents and stuff like that. We had Mark Bernstein from Bolto on the podcast recently talking about the agent assist capabilities that they've got. It's absolutely mind blowing. Um, and obviously Genesis has got a partnership with Google CCAI. Uh, we had Anthony Passamad on the podcast uh, a few weeks back uh, talking about that suite of capabilities. So I'm wondering what your experiences or, or kind of like insights are around agent assist have you have you observed any customers using agent assist capabilities is that something that genesis is offering as well what's, what's your thoughts on that yeah I'm, I'm glad you brought that up king because we've been talking about the experience for the bot author to really be able to optimize and and deliver you know these incredible bot experience we've talked about the customer's expectations 
um, how they're changing, what their interaction should be, and to the extent that they're looking to self-service. But at any point in time, the agent experience is just as critical. And it, it's one of the reasons why I'm so incredibly excited about the, the bold acquisition, because as part of our new Genesis DX portfolio, the agent experience is incredible it is dynamic it is responsive and we talked about meeting customers where they are the agent desktop is about meeting agents where they are and how they want to work and it's incredibly dynamic uh, there are agents that will operate with three or four screens in front of them there are agents that can operate with 10 screens and that has all the information that they want so the notion of agent assist or smart advisor is really about taking that transcription, making real-time suggestions about responses around knowledge articles, um, allowing the agent, we refer to it as um, giving customers not just what they want, but what they really need. And so it's taking that understanding of their journey. You know, you might have a customer asking about a particular policy and an agent can now look across to say, you have a couple of different policies with us. Why don't we look at consolidation and how that results in better savings for you or a, a, a bundled plan? And so that empowerment of the agent to be able to dynamically respond to what a customer may want because that information is right in front of them just improves the overall end-to-end -end experience and it improves the empowerment and what agents are now capable of doing. So we, I mean, we, you know, are, are big fans of that reactive agent experience, the smart advisor capabilities, and and just as equally focused on, on improving, you know, what the agents as, as well as the customers. Hmm. Interesting. It is. It's a. It's an interesting area. That it's. A, it's a complex one as well because you're, as we spoke about with Mark. I, I recommend anyone check that out as well because it was a very. It was a very good conversation. But you're dealing with not just one stream of language to deal with. You've got the agent stream of language to deal with as well, which obviously compounds the challenge. Um, and so it can be a bit of a challenge to implement. I know that. I know there's been a couple of case studies that Google have released, and and as I said, Balto are doing some interesting stuff. But I haven't seen it that often implemented uh, because I do know it can be quite challenging. I'm wondering whether, is there any other challenges that you've been observing either on the product side or now in your new role on, on the kind of product marketing side, any other challenges that you're observing customers or potential customers facing that uh, you can shed any light on how either the Genesis approach or how you're kind of helping to solve some of them challenges? Because I'm sure there's a lot of people who are going to be in a fairly similar position. I would say that everything that we've been talking about, you know, I've mentioned customer outcomes a couple of different times. So whether it's customer outcomes or it's the efficiency and effectiveness of the employees, that this all results in insights, right? At the end of the day, we're trying to measure the effectiveness um, of an experience, our ability to deliver empathy at scale, and trying to look at some traditional metrics to understand the ROI. So as we continue to bring AI, machine learning, conversational platforms, there's an increasing focus on the reporting and the insights, looking at the end-to-end -end journey, understanding where they may be, where there may be choke points. It happens before a conversational bot, happens during and happens after. And so we are very, very focused on looking at that holistic end-to-end -end experience. 
and providing customers with a, not just the reporting, but the insights to improve it. So I'll give you an example. During one of our, we have a we have a uh, an offering called predictive engagement, and predictive engagement is monitoring what you're doing on the website. And at any point in time, if there sees a point of struggle, then it'll pop up a web message and give you the opportunity to to engage through a platform, live chat, whatever it may be. So we monitor the rate at which those chats are accepted, and with that, provide the right level of insight so that an admin can then take those and tweak the campaigns, look at the audience, look at the segmentation so that the process becomes uh, more streamlined, more effective. And so with every single one of those, those types of insights, so we are moving beyond reporting and analytics and, and really looking to provide those level of insights that just continue to make this process more iterative and better. Mm, interesting. And where do you, where do you think the future of all of this stuff is heading either for Genesis or your general observations on, on fast forward three years, five years, 10 years, however, however far you want to think about it. We've got uh, AI capabilities that can automate front end conversations. We've got AI capabilities that can assist back end conversations. We've got analytics capabilities that that example you give uh, there of, of, of understanding, you know, the right time to serve a prompt on a, on a, on a chatbot widget or have you that over time will probably be automated. And so we've got a lot of things that are kind of at play, all hanging really, uh, aside from the analytics, uh, although it's still featured in there, but it all hangs really around NLP, doesn't it? Natural language processing on the voice, on the chat agent side. Where do you think the future of this kind of stuff is heading? What What do you think is exciting you about, about where this is going? Three years is an eternity in this space, as you can imagine. So if we're, if we're looking that far um, ahead, I would, one of the things that I'm really, really excited about is how this starts becoming multi-brand use cases. We think of what's possible in commerce to be able to sell, to be able to transact, to be able to really have some of those um, commerce type of use cases that are end to end with the fulfillment, with the purchase. And so we have to put ourselves in our consumer shoes. We have to put, you know, in the end customers, what are they looking to do? When we talked about, we started this conversation with usability, right? two apps being equal, you will go with the one that's the easiest to use. And so with digital platforms, with conversational platforms, it's gonna be about how can I do it all in one place? How can I do it all through one experience? And so to me, it's really exciting to think about something like travel, for example. How are you moving through an airline, a hotel, your credit card companies, for example? How do we start unifying those experiences? to make the end-to-end -end, um, you know, workflow experience just that much easier, seamless. And so it becomes conversations around data. It, it becomes conversations around what you share, the profiles, the, set, the segments, the customer attributes. And it becomes a conversation around the orchestration of all of these different touch points and how we can ensure that all of these are seamlessly working so that it's, and like I said, it's a, it's a end to end experience. So it's exciting. Um, and I do think that continuing to grow some of these ecosystem partners, like what we have with Google, what we have with um, um, Amazon, we've recently or announced a partnership with Adobe, all of those are going to become so critical to delivering these connected experiences that I that I was just alluding to.
Mm. It reminds me a little bit about, I mean, we've spoke many times on the podcast and written quite a bit as well around the the voice assistant strategies that, that Google and Amazon have and, and Apple to a certain extent. But what you're describing there in terms of some holistic experience that joins all of these dots together feels to me a little bit like what Google and Amazon to a lesser extent, or maybe at least less potential perhaps than Google, is almost trying to do you know you've got google assistant which is the front end to at the moment largely search music youtube content those kind of things but then you've got to manage your tasks within there as well and your calendars and stuff like that you can join a hangout on there if you're in the google space like with an android phone and a, and a gmail email address then you're, you're part of that ecosystem um and then the only thing that's left which is starting to happen uh, a little bit uh, but not probably as fast as we would have thought is third-party brands establishing presences on those platforms as well. And so that holistic experience from a Google perspective is perhaps Google is that uh, front end for that holistic experience and all of these other brands and things like that feed into that is is one way of looking at the future of those platforms. I'm wondering if you've had any opportunity to, to think about those voice assistant platforms and how they might provide opportunities for, for Genesis customers in future. We, I mean, our integration, our partnership with Google obviously allows us to have these conversations with customers, right? I, I mentioned we integrate with the Google CCAI. Um, they're a big part of our platform. So we're, we're constantly looking for um, what this uh, ecosystem ends up looking like when you put Genesis technology with some of those partners. Um, but I do, I mean, I, I agree with what you're saying in terms of it's going to be a matter of adding all of these other use cases. I mentioned commerce, but you know, you you've got marketplaces, digital wallets. A lot of these are are all elements that are going to have to come together. Um, and it's and it's going to be there's going to be some data discussions, and it's going to be around, like I said, profile enrichments and segments and attributes and 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 these touch points. But I think that's what makes it extremely exciting. And being able to have those discussions with Amazon, being able to have those discussions with Microsoft and Google as our partners um, gives us an opportunity to support joint customers, to support our customers that are on the forefront of what they want to deliver um, and be creative about how we ideate and how we put our platforms together to, to support some of these use cases. Mm, there's definitely a big question about data. I mean, that's arguably one of the things that's slowed perhaps the progress of some of these voice assistants. For example, some of the use cases that Amazon have demonstrated in the past where, you know, you would have a conversation with a restaurant to book a table and then that would hand you off to a cinema to book a to book a ticket and then that would hand you off to Uber to book a taxi. And all the while, there needs to be data shared amongst them all so that they can tie it back to the same person. And one of the things that's actually prevented some companies in the past from doing something on Alexa, for argument's sake, is that you, you get very little data from it, um, which you would argue from a customer perspective might be a good thing because how do you get them to opt in when it's a voice user interface, et cetera. But it's interesting how the, the conversation around data and sharing and transparency and privacy and all that kind of stuff will will progress. I think it's less of a concern with a contact center because you call and you're, you're expecting to speak to someone and you expect to speak to the company. You've got the security of knowing that you're speaking to Tesco or, or, or Verint or, or whatever the company is and, and you know whoever provides that system is, is whoever provides it. So I definitely think that it's a, there's a barrels of conversations I think we could have around around data and all that kind of stuff. But before we before we uh, before we wrap up, I'm wondering whether uh, I'll definitely put the link in the uh, to the 
connected customer experience study down here in the show notes for people to check out. Any other links to any other resources, any anything else you recommend people check out to learn a little bit more about what Genesis is up to and, and where can I go to actually try out some of the some of the stuff we've been talking about? Yeah, so check out genesis.com uh, as part of our app foundry. We have got some trials around our dialogue engine bot flows. You can look at that. We've got some trials around um, our AI-powered predictive routing uh, platform, which is also an amazing way to leverage AI to connect customers with the right agents, right? So part of that support for uh, the customer and the agent that we were talking about. Um, but definitely encourage you all to look at that connected experience. It talks about um, customers dive into what industries they see are doing a really good job and what has the impact been across the different regions. So you're going to see that there's there's a difference in North America and EMEA and LATAM, for example. So some really interesting insights, um, either geographically or from an industry perspective. Fantastic. Elsonora, this has been an absolute pleasure. Really, really appreciate you coming along to join us. I've, I've had immense fun, learned a lot as always, and I'm really excited to see where this goes uh, and, and the kind of use cases and, and solutions that your customers are building. Um, because, you know, as I mentioned at the beginning, Genesis have got um, such reach and, and so many customers. One of the things that really VUX World is built on is the, the, the want and desire to turn a world full of terrible bot experiences into a world full of fantastic customer experiences and i think genesis have the access to the customers and seemingly the right kind of approach to start enabling that to happen so i'm definitely interested to see how it goes and, and thank you very much for joining us no thank you for having me i love the opportunity to dream what a future three years from now would look like in a, in a conversational platform so it is exciting times for sure Nice one. Appreciate it. Thank you all for tuning in. Next week, we are speaking to uh, Vlooper, which is a conversational AI platform. And we're going to be delving into the details of that and how you can use it to create some of the kind of experiences, actually, that we might have been speaking about today. Uh, so thank you for joining us. Until next time, we shall see you later. And Elsonora, it's been an absolute pleasure. Hope we can do this again sometime. Absolutely. Thank you.